Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about my mental health intensive and retreat Oasis. Oasis is an amazing place for you to heal, grow, restore, and connect. It's a place for you to dive into your deep childhood trauma or the current things that are hurting your heart and to find out in real time, this is not hyperbole, real time how God responds to your brokenness. Visit the link in our show notes and join us at Oasis. We're going to be in Charleston this year. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to see you guys in December. Bye y'all. Welcome to the Healing Circle podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey everyone, I'm Fabe. And I'm Kyle. And welcome back to the Healing Circle Podcast. Yay! <laughs> back for another reparenting episode. Um, this series has one cracked us open, but cracked a lot of people open. We get lots yeah. and lots of messages, and they're super heartwarming. So it it's a blessing to receive them. But you know, for me, I think it's really opened my eyes to how many people are just like hurting in plain sight. I know that as a therapist, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it's never not shocking. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't know it as a not therapist and mm. it is shocking how, how, I don't want to say normal because that's not the right word, but how typical yeah. trauma is. Yeah. Like how typical, it, it's hard to meet people that can't resonate with one of the things that we bring up it's oh, just for part sure. and parcel of like i guess being human which kind of scares me because i'm yeah. like man we got two little boys and i'm really trying I not know. to mess i stay up all night <laughs> thinking about that sometimes up. i'm like they're gonna need trauma therapy i just need to make sure that it's not because i've done something and it might be because i've done something unintentionally but yeah. we're gonna talk about that another day and i'm gonna talk about that with my therapist so today we are going to be talking about reparenting What's wrong, Kyle? My chair is creaking. I feel like everyone can hear it. They um, probably can't hear it. If they can, they'll be all right. They heard us freak out last week when there was a random thing hit our, our did window. Did that out? And by we, I mean you? No, I did oh, not edit dang. that out. Y'all, I, listen. I, before, people used to reach out and say things like, I would love to donate. I would love to pour into the work that you're doing. And like, you know, as a creator, you want to be like, no, I'm like, I just want to serve people. I just want to give, listen, running a private practice, running this podcast, producing it, editing it, planning mm-hmm. it, creative direction, marketing. Yeah. It is a whole. And not to mention doing it while you look that fine. Come on, come on man. Stop, stop. Thanks. Um, it is a lot of work. Like it is really a lot of work. And so, you know what? I'm just going to start putting my PayPal QR code out there. And if you want to bless me, I will not refuse the grace of the Lord. Um, Definitely and- don't send it to her PayPal though. Send it to my cash app. 
because her PayPal is going to go straight into some sneakers. That's not true. I, this, I know I have a Healing Circle LLC PayPal. Do not try to put me on blast. The Healing Circle people, is paying for lights, uh, therapy software, and sneakers. Okay, first of all, it's part of my official work uniform. Wow. And you can't wow. say otherwise <laughs> because I'm the CEO and I decide what the work culture is here. Do people not have to go buy work clothes? The my IRS work clothes is are sneakers. Y'all come get her. Okay, Just FBI her agent 329, hear ye, hear ye. If I buy some Jordan 1, it's because it's a part of my requirement for my work apparel and you can't tell me otherwise that's not a thing but okay said who now i don't know track. this is not why they're listening to us kyle this is not why they're listening to us anyway so we um talked about adultification in our last episode and if you are like me and you do not listen to people when they say go back and listen to part one you need to listen to it before you come to part two if you're like me and you're like i can put the context clues together but really you can't i'm just going to give you our definition of adultification adultification Ooh, that one got me so adultification to us and to no one else our definition kyle's playing with his hair and i'm like very distracted I'm gonna grow my hair out, y'all. I still don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna lock or whatever. We'll talk about this. I have a whole hair journey. That's uh season four. We'll he does oh wait, we're talking we're gonna talk about your hair in this episode, but we'll get there in a second. Oh shoot. So adultification, um, as per our definition, is when a child takes on the roles of a devent Woo. Mm. <laughs> See? That's what you get for uh, defrauding the U.S. government with your with your required uniform. Um, it's when the child takes on the roles of a developmental stage they have not yet reached, and they because of that they don't have the emotional or mental bandwidth to carry the burdens that come alongside those responsibilities. Right. Mm-hmm. So, a child should not be paying bills. A child should not be the sole care t- caretaker of their mm-hmm sibling a child should not be making decisions that are equally as weighty as an adult a child should not decide where we're going to spend a lump sum of money a child should not decide where they're going to spend their entire future right yeah. now at four should years not be old. giving relationship advice to their parents oh my gosh that was a good one wow kyle i should have yeah. done that in the last episode no you did oh I did. yeah yeah oh, you thanks. did forgot <laughs> but that's true. A, a child should not. A child should not be like saying, "Mom, you should should break up with me. You should break up with him, or you guys should get married or not get married. You mm-hmm. guys should have kids or not have kids." Right? That's not a that's not a child's role. They just don't have the the mental capacity to understand the consequences and the ramifications. Stop! I don't know why you can't talk today. It's them Jordan ones. Lord, loose my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> After the consequences, I thought I just knew you were gonna stumble over ramifications, but you didn't. You got it. Because I is smart, okay. The consequences <laughs> and the ramifications. There's um, your master's degree coming through right there. You got listen, it. Listen, I promise I, I have an education, y'all. Um 
and the ramifications of those types of decisions. So before we get into like the more official parts of um, reparenting, I want to make sure that I clarify like our intro says that this is not therapy. And because it's not therapy, the information we give is not individualized. You may individually relate to it, but it's not individually for you. And so it's really important that you get to understand that what you're hearing is not a reflection of what you need to be doing like automatically. So when we say something like, hey, this is how you reparent, this is really how you begin the journey of healing, not this is how you become healed because that's oversimplifying it and we have to oversimplify it so that people can receive it. And as they receive it, they go deeper into their own stories and then they can dive into the complexities of their own stories. I say all that to say, I truly believe that reparenting adultification, I want to make sure I didn't mess that up. You got it. Reparenting adultification looks like embracing childlike joy. I know that sounds super simple and super basic. And you're probably like, girl, if you don't go sit down somewhere. She means go get you a Game Boy Color and throw Pokemon Yellow in there. Yeah. I mean, but There's honestly. There's therapy right there, bro. Because Catch them all. people who've experienced adultification have truly, in the most basic sense of the term, been robbed of their ability to develop and enjoy childlike joy, right? They their, their childhood was taken away from them, whether they recognize it or not. The things that they struggle with now are things that they should have foundationally understood in childhood, mm. right? And which is why oftentimes they don't know how to be whimsical. They don't know how to embrace spontaneity. They don't know how to embrace creativity. They don't know how to engage their imagination because all of those things that make people innovators and visionaries, all of those things are actually founded and developed most in childhood. But what happens is, again, development is about, it's not about moving from one stage to the next. It's from building from one stage to the next because you need the thing at this stage to be able to do the thing at the next stage well. But if you skip a step if you skip a step while building the foundation of a house and a storm comes what happens it crumbles yeah it breaks right and people are missing the ability to experience joy and fun and innovation and excitement and creativity and imagination they're missing that because no one ever taught them how to do that and i really think more than not that is actually the greatest discipleship point for people. I think more people need to be discipled in joy and creativity than they do in discipline. Hmm. More people need to be discipled in imagination and spontaneity than they do in perseverance. And more than anything, we cannot imagine that there is a God who is fun and silly and whimsical if we have not yet experienced those things ourselves. Yeah. And so our our perception of who God is is always going to be a reflection of what we've experienced, always, until someone comes in and shows us otherwise. Yeah. 
Until you have a corrective emotional experience. Mm-hmm. See what I did there? I, I did. That's a Kobe original. I, I don't, it's probably not. It's just, you're the first person I heard say it. Um, so what does that look like? Does that look like rehearsing some of the things you really wanted to do as a child and then like making room for it? You know, like wh- what does that look like practically? Yeah. So I would say first it looks like recognizing and coming to terms with the fact that um, joy feels unsafe for you, probably feels unsafe for you. Because what happens is people are like, oh, everyone's having experiencing this joy and it seems so fun and it seems so exciting. I want that too. But they're not attuned to the reality of why they don't like it and why they haven't embraced it as adults when they have opportunities. Well, the reality is because neurologically, it does not feel safe to you. It doesn't, right? You're like, your body does not have these neurological pathways to engage when it comes to regular creativity and imagination and spontaneity. So one, come to terms with the fact that it's going to feel incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly vulnerable. And two, come to terms with the fact that you won't have complete control because that's that's at the core of all of them. Kids have the ability to imagine because there's a place in their life that they have no control over. You see Levi, when we be putting him in his room, he will talk to himself. Bro. What are we doing today? Oh, we're going to go eat. You sure? He'll be talking uh-huh. to his dinosaurs. And then be like, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, bro, no one said anything. Huh? you will hear a question and start answering it yep absolutely absolutely that is for sure how he interacts in every way and beyond that he has no control over certain situations right all innovation starts with limitation yeah you're right (laughs) I was like "Uh, yeah you're correct Mm -hmm. right that's so in some ways what you're talking about is like I guess the first step really then is to to mourn first. Mm-hmm. Um wouldn't you say like acknowledge that that's not safe for you? Like I mean yeah. there's a there's a piece of that's like okay, well just recognize that that's a thing. Yeah. But as part of that like mm. mourning is really important which is what I'm learning in my own personal healing journey. It's one thing to acknowledge and recognize something has happened. Um, And I know, especially for like men, um, because many of us are geared towards being fixers in some way, shape or form. So we get the knowledge of like, oh, this is what's wrong with me. So I'm going to fix it now. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, but it's incomplete. Yeah. The first step often needs to be for many of us mourning like feeling yeah the weight and the reality acknowledging the being the sad reality. that you didn't get what yeah. you needed when you needed it what was lost what you don't have yeah. of the ways that your your world today is less than what it could be yeah absolutely absolutely and after that part of your responsibility is like scheduling fun like being like, I am going, because you're not going to naturally stumble upon it. It's not a part of your your brain's natural schema. Mm. 
you're not you're not going to fall into it. It's not going to just randomly appear. Opportunities are not going to just fall in your lap. You literally are going to have to plan to do things that are fun. And I think the morning process actually, I feel like comes in here mm. because oftentimes what we think is fun is just a reflection of what we've seen other people experience bro and so when we go and do it and we don't feel that sense of joy we feel confused and then we feel like deficient and we feel defective like what's wrong with me everyone else is having fun Mm -hmm. and the reality is we never got to develop a sense for what made us feel joy and so i think the morning really comes in as we do the trial and error of figuring out what brings me joy and not what's supposed to bring me joy, right? Because that's part of what adultification is. It's giving into the shoulds of life. Like, I don't want to help my mom pay bills, but I should. Yeah. I don't want to help my parent take care of a sibling, but I should, right? And so we're really heavy laden with responsibility, and it goes from what should you do to what do you want to do? And that feels really uncomfortable because that, that uh, implies that you have an ability to assess what your desires are. Mm-hmm. And for someone who's been told to grow up really quickly and miss the ability. So developmentally two years old is the stage where we are either building like low self-esteem or autonomy. And autonomy is the ability to make decisions for ourselves based on our internal desires and our ability to appraise what our needs are through our emotions. Right. Yeah. So if you miss that developmentally, that's like two to four-ish. If you miss that de- developmentally, how are you going to figure out what makes you happy? How are you going to figure out what brings you joy? Uh, the internet. That's a terrible place to go. Um, an AIM chat room. That's where Worst I tried place to figure to go it out. <laughs> I was um, first I was like, what is AIM? And then I got it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, so tell them your hair story, babe. Which hair story? The okay. hair story is happening right now in our midst. My scalp itches <laughs> a God. lot. Kyle, you know what I'm talking about. I feel exposed. You tell it. I'll co sign. No, I want you to tell your story. And you know what? That sounds terrible. I want you <laughs> to tell your story. If you would like to tell your story, I think that would be really powerful. But if you don't, I completely understand. Okay. I don't think it'll be that powerful, but here we go. Um, so, <clears throat> hi, I'm Kyle. Oh, my God. Uh... <laughs> I have always wanted long hair, longer hair. Um, and for various reasons, I just... Well, it was communicated that that just wasn't okay in a bunch of different ways. And I've spent a lot of my life, like, wanting to have my hair a certain way and just feeling like I can't I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then Kabay would be like, why not? And I'm like, I just, I, I can't. Yeah. And she would be like, but why not? Like, you pay bills. You this have is your a, house. <laughs> you have a child. You live here. Yeah. Like who who is saying you can't? Um so I've been I've been going out my hair. Um I don't know if I'm definitely getting locks at some point. Um I think I'm gonna grow out my hair a little longer. I I was um locking like with really short hair, but I wanna I just wanna experiment. I wanna do some different things. I wanna get cornrows, I wanna have an afro for a while, I wanna I don't know. I just want to do what I want with my hair, which yeah. I mean, I couldn't do. Well, that's not fair. 
I was not willing to risk my career in order to do what I wanted to do with my hair. Yeah. I don't know if that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but it was what it was. And I am privileged now where I don't have to have the same considerations in the same way. And so I'm I'm doing it now. And it's been very emotional. Yeah. In a very weird way for me. I don't know why there's so much emotion tied to it. I guess that's what are some of the emotions? What sorry, what are some of the moments that have brought up emotions for you? And what emotions did they bring up? Um I think the first time you um twisted my hair and I looked in the mirror and it like looked really good to me. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I just got goosebumps. I'm not supposed to have hair like this. Mm-hmm. Um, it just felt like I couldn't be me with with um, longer hair. It, I always imagined that. Um, I don't know. I think it was a sense of self-esteem for me. Yeah. I just never felt like I fit the mold of someone who had longer hair say so, you know mm. I'm, I'm high and tight i'm a marines kid you know it's a fade or nothing else <laughs> um and, and you hope it's blended you hope it's blended it may not it may just be somebody like drew a line across half of your head and and that's what you got um so that was pretty emotional it just brought up this sense of like wow i'm doing something that i want to do i was very nervous about what my friends and family would say yeah um but I think it was the first time I looked in the mirror and I'd done something and I liked it. And I didn't have someone else's reference point backing up whether or not I should like it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if anyone else is going to like it, but I like it. Yeah. And that was a foreign feeling for me. I'm, yeah. I wasn't really used to, I mean, I've lived a lot of my life very calculated. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've lived my life like Hillary Clinton. What does Hillary Clinton believe in? Depends on the polling data. I cannot. You know? So it's like, well, what? how do I want my hair? Well, let me poll some people, figure out where the popular vote is, and that'll be what I feel. And this was kind of my first time being like, you know what? I really like the way this looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's so interesting on the outside watching you engage this, I have seen you, like, your freedom with your hair was like the gateway to your freedom in every other area of your life. It was kind of like your brain registered. And this, this literally happens with EMDR. It's almost like your brain registered, like, Oh, I can actually do whatever I want to do. The world didn't end. Yeah. Yeah. Like the world didn't end. (laughs) People kept walking by you. People said, hello, they said goodbye and they lived their lives and you got to live your life. And I, and I think that, you living life in a way where there wasn't so much pressure of other people's thoughts and feelings on you. Mm-hmm. It opened up this door where you just started doing whatever you wanted. Yeah. Like, Babe, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And, it, and I loved it because it was like, like for, as your wife, it felt like, Oh, this is the person I knew was inside there. And he is like finally breaking free. And it was, a privilege to watch. It was so exciting to see you um, not become more of yourself. I feel like that that implies you weren't being authentic, you weren't yourself. But I think to be the freest version of yourself. Yeah. 
Like that was, I think that it's been a big part. Cause sometimes I don't think your adultification looked like, I think we've all experienced a measure of adultification, especially as black people. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, you're black or, or, or a person of color. I really do feel like in this country, we do have to grow up faster. Yeah. And, um, well, and that was the sort of thing my, my parents would like really say it wasn't, mm-hmm. I don't think that'll look good. It's, you're going to look like, you're going to look like a gangbanger. Mm. You're going to look like, you know, they're already, <laughs> they're already out for you. Mm. Two's a crowd. Three's a gang. What happens when you're standing on the corner with your friends talking and you have your hairstyle like that? Like, that's how you get shot. And in fairness to, to my family, like in the area we were and just the country we live in, that's a real concern that my yeah. parents had. They didn't want me to look like someone you might see on TV. They wanted me to look as not, I don't want to say plain, but they just did not want anything to be stacked against me in my interactions with people because they're really scared. And so I don't want to say that they taught me to be afraid in in this way. That's, I don't know if that's, that's right. I mean, they in, did. It was for a good reason, but they did. You know, it's like, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, uh, or maybe it was a bad thing for a good reason. But even after the fear of being seen as someone is dangerous because I had different hair, um, it, it filters. You don't really get to choose where that stops. Yeah. So I'd be at work and I was still afraid, even though the fear wasn't that someone would mistake me for for someone else. It was just the idea that, well, I don't I don't get to be safe in the world unless I conform to certain standards. So when I changed my hair, I can remember going to work and my CEO um, at the time, at the time saying, you know, Oh, like that's interesting. And then some lady at work walked up and tried to touch your hair and says, Oh, how, what'd you say? How is this hairstyle going to end? Yeah. Yeah. Where does this, how does this end? Like, like, where are you going with this? First of all, man, (laughs) where are you going with your greasy roots? Get out my face. Like it just really made me angry. Excuse my outburst. (laughs) But Um, like it, the reality was, is that our bodies are policed in multiple ways. Yeah. And adultification, it, begins that policing really early mm-hmm. and it makes the police ourselves. Yeah. Because like uh, my, I mean, my CEO was like, Oh, you know, I really like your hair the other way. I mean, this is interesting, but you know, I really think you should change it back. Which is, and then, it should and be illegal I, for you to comment on someone's body at work. Because when do people like I, okay, I'm going to go on a rant and I just need you guys she to is hear me. Go on a rant. Here's As a mother of a black child, it is absolutely inappropriate for your child or any child to walk up to a black child and start touching their hair. We're not animals. We don't belong to anyone but ourselves and God. And like, I don't understand it because I have. Never, I have literally seen a white coworker say, "This guy walked up and touched my hair," and she referenced it as sexual assault. But I saw that same coworker go up to a black woman and just grab her afro and think that it was okay. Mm. And like, this is a complete tangent, but I just feel like it needs to be said. We are, if you don't understand black hair, ask yourself why. 
because black people have been in this country for literally as long as white people. One, two, you do not have the permission to touch any person's body without their permission. So don't do it. It's rude and it's disrespectful and teach your children not to do it. Because there's a history of black people being treated like animals and pets and being touched in ways that are patronizing and dehumanizing. And that includes touching our hair, acting like we're foreign objects. How many black women have you seen go up to someone of a different race and just start touching their hair? I've never seen that. I've never seen it. And yet we've oddly normalized people just coming up and touching our bodies like they own us. That is not okay. That's not okay. But either and way. also, you do it to the wrong person. You might get swung out. I said high. that to a coworker. You, I really might did. come off the shoulder with I, like. I said this to her. I said, blank. I just want you to know, you touch my hair. Don't do that again. But if you do do it again, know that someone may swing on you. Yeah, it's real and if you touch the hair of a wrong person, you will end up on the floor. <laughs> Keep it ten toes down, for real. Um, it's, just, it's just not okay. But anyways. But yeah, he, I mean, he made it really clear that he didn't like it and wanted me to go back. And the next day, I mean, of course, I went home and had Kobe retwist my hair. Was like, so it was fresh. Retwist my hair for tomorrow. And I was like, just so I could go in. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but it's funny because he came by my office and, was, and like saw me and walked through the uh, through the office and then came back like it was kind of like a double take and he was like oh you really don't give a Bleep. sh i yeah you don't give a Bleep. <laughs> what i think uh-huh um and it was kind of like i mean he was saying it like almost as a challenge but it was like actually no i, I don't, don't. Yeah. and that was like new for me yeah and i you know so i was like actually no, I I don't. Not about this. Yeah. But, you know. One of my favorite stories about you. And he he's like, "All right, man. I I mean, okay." And just walked on and and that was it, but I could not have said that before. I mean, yeah. I might have said something belligerent, but I wouldn't have meant it. Mm-hmm. It would have been me being defensive. It wouldn't have me being being like holding my own boundaries um and my own idea of who i am yeah um but yeah so i mean reparenting adultification can look as small and minor as as that like the idea okay you've got to take into as a as a child you need to own your safety in this world yeah at eight which is you shouldn't have to do you know, that. You shouldn't have to. Yeah. But so many people, that's that's mm-hmm. our story. But and the cost of that is an inability to cultivate and experience true and authentic joy and carefree behavior, carefree perspective. Yeah. Right. Um we I mean I have so much more. I don't want this episode to go on forever. But experiencing joy and in relationship, whether that's platonic or romantic, letting people take care of you. Letting people do things for you. Ooh. I have no problem letting people do things for me. I'm lear- I've learned. I've mastered that skill. Letting people do things for you. So as you engage in this new journey of reparenting as someone who may have picked up burdens way too heavy, heavy for you to carry as a child, we want you to do two things the next week. One, we want you to do something that brings you joy. 
And we want you to let someone serve you in a way that you would typically serve yourself. And we want you to email us and tell us about it. What was it like? Yeah. How do how did you feel before and after? And when you do something that brings you joy, don't do something like productive. No. Like do something like Kobe said earlier, whimsical. Yeah. I don't want to say spontaneous, but just just do something fun because it's fun. Yeah. Because you want to do it. Yeah. Those you know, are the, the best. next time it's raining, go outside with a skateboard and a trash bag and do pretend you're windsurfing. What'd you say? I said, do it for Lil Saint. What is what are you talking about? What? Who's Lil Saint? The rapper? Oh my god. <laughs> is this a Canada thing? You y'all know Kobe is not really American, right? She's from Canada. If you know this reference, please. Email me or DM me on Instagram at Kobe Campbell underscore. I cannot believe he did not understand the reference. Do it for Lil Saint. It's okay. You'll learn, babe, one day. So, you guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us, for chatting with us. We really pray that this touches you and pray that God would be with you and lead you into free, joyful, whimsical, spontaneous life abundant life yeah until the circle comes back around bye y'all bye thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode if you liked our conversation make sure to rate review and subscribe so we can get the word of healing out to as many people as possible visit the show notes to stay up to date on our mental health workshops yearly retreats oasis is bomb and connect to us on social media. We'll chat with you guys soon until the circle comes back around.